Welcome to Conspiracy. What? We talk about mysteries, we talk about conspiracies. Today we're talking about the government. Uh, I'm Cameron. I'm joined by... Alex. And Angel, that's me. As you all should know at this point, Angel is our our government conspiracy theorist. I am, I I am the mascot of fuck the government. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the government and fuck your reality. And fuck your reality. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the government. Talking about... Fuck. Fuck them. Yeah. We're about not this, just um, talking about the government. We're um, talking about how the government suppresses calling. all of our technologies yeah. and yeah. doesn't give us what the people want. Technology suppression is a quicker way to worry about <laughs> I don't know. I like Dali's version. So basically, there are supposedly and actually uh, more advanced technologies that the government is purposely keeping from being distributed and widely used. Um, this encompasses a lot of things like green technologies, uh, renewable energy, flying cars, flying saucers, hemp plastic. Yeah, <laughs> that, was a, that was a big one, hemp. Just the, the hemp industry in general. Mm-hmm. But why? Why do they give a shit whether or not we get these things? Well, that would destroy the fossil fuel and the big oil and Kill all big oil. similar capitalist companies and rich people don't like that shit. Basically, everything that could be considered old money yeah. could potentially be at stake if these technologies got out to the masses. And and parts of this are real. Like there, there's there could be some people that are like like this is not a conspiracy. They do this. That is true. But then there's like other conspiracy aspects to it. Like what exactly they're hiding from people, and like how long they've been hiding specific things versus letting other things out. And I think some some stuff, I, I mean, maybe just because I'm always, always blaming the government whenever I'm on the show, but I feel like some of this like really ties in with some of the other things that we've talked about before in past conspiracies as far as what you know and what they want you to know. Yeah, especially your episodes. Yeah, yeah especially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say specifically your episodes. So what... Like the weatherman. I found a weatherman tie-in. Uh, so back to technology suppression. Um, allegedly over 5,000 invention patents are being withheld by the U.S. government at any given time. And this goes back, I mean, probably since the patent office was created. Um, and it encompasses so many things. The, the one thing that I found that for some reason sticks to the forefront of my mind, and maybe it's just because I now have solar panels, but I saw something that like 50 years ago, the type of solar panels that are currently on my house were suppressed by the U.S. government. Man, and let me tell you, they saved me a bundle, so I'd be really pissed if they're holding out on some better fucking solar panels for me. Well, they probably are, so... We are not (laughs) sponsored by solar panels. (laughs) No. (laughs) We are sponsored by paying my bills. (laughs) This this withholding of over 5,000 patents is, like, a real thing. Like, we just don't know what the patents all are. Um, this was discovered through the Freedom of Information Act. Thank God we got that, because that provides a lot of content for our podcast. How helpful is it to have a private patent on something? Like, if it's a patent, the intention is that if you have that, people can publicly look it up so that they're not stealing your invention. But if it is private, 
You cannot look it up to make sure you're not stealing someone's invention. Well, it seems like it's cheating to be like, here's a private patent so that I we think, can knock on your door. I if think you well, the other way that they do the this same thing. is so how this works apparently um, is anytime anyone submits a patent for review, the government looks over it and they can flag it for either like they'll flag it for review so they can either flag something to not be released to the public if it's a like a national security threat which like fine whatever if you try to invent something that can blow up the entire planet that's probably usually that's probably good usually Uh, i wouldn't think they would they would give you a patent on that regardless (laughs) i don't think they want you developing that well that's why they're reviewing it they would probably review it, deny you, and then use that patent to supply their own military. But right. that's delving into a completely different conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they can also flag it for disrupting economic stability, which whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, but I feel like, I mean, that's kind of one of those, uh, one of those quote-unquote classified kind of excuses. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to have any type of explanation. But I feel like this excuse of like, you know, economic, it could disrupt economic stability. But if I was the guy who was in charge of like approving or disapproving patents, and I knew that my son was working on something similar to this thing, and I got it in here, I could say, oh, you know, economic instability, (laughs) denied. And then, you know, two months later, my son comes out with it, and all of a sudden, we're filthy rich. Like, it's kind of one of those tags you just slap on because you can (laughs) <laughs> so I saw this thing that said there was a leak of information, allegedly, from a 1971 report on, like, what patents were being withheld or suppressed or whatever. And yes. so, but, like, all they gathered was a list of topics. <laughs> yeah, not categories like, almost. Not, like, actual patents. So you've got, like, things under power supply, meteorology, Propulsion systems and unique materials and devices, which is my favorite one. <laughs> but they couldn't get any actual patent information from said leaked information. So we are still in the dark on that, but I see meteorology and I think it's the weatherman. I would be right there with you. I feel like if anybody is going to be controlling the weather, they need technology behind it. And obviously, during our weatherman episode, we delve pretty deep into China and everything that they're doing. And mm-hmm. I actually, <laughs> I think on last Tuesday at work, somebody brought up, yeah, well, China knows how to stop the rain. And I was like, wow, well, yeah. They, they do. Did you listen to my episode? And they were <laughs> like, but I mean, between stopping rain from interrupting the Olympics, causing rain in the middle of a, a heavily scrutinized mountain range, um, allegedly trying to create their own sun. I mean, technology has to go behind this. And if you are a higher up in the government and a member of the weathermen, bada bing, bada boom, people are submitting all these ideas to you. You can Stealing easily packs. snag one of those. And um, money is always the bottom line. And so in looking up all of this information, I found out there's actually like an organization called Free the Tech that's been petitioning to get said review process done by the government basically changed to like a general public type of thing that's like a mix of regular ass people and maybe some government reps if we feel like it to better regulate where these fucking patents are going <laughs> which i think is a good idea i don't know how much money they've raised but they're probably there. not enough <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't really I mean, know it's... if that's going to get anywhere 
No, but I feel like it's almost um, it, it's almost like trying to put like a checks and balance system into place for that the way the U.S. government is supposed to have for for its three different branches. Like you really shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket because it's the government. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you never want to trust them with with everything, and that's why I think like one of one of the things that I saw when I was looking through this was like basically every bit of information as far as the real technology suppression like the the solar panels or the 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 stuff that comes up that's like it, well, there's facts yeah there's there's basis behind it um i feel like all of those things that i remember at least came from when the freedom of information act you know came out and that, that was how they were able to find and you know, facts to support these no yeah so so let's go into the south bomber here so these are just these are these are the obvious ones. These are the ones that you could dispute if you wanted, but at that point you're just wasting your own time. Uh, so the stealth bomber is one that people actually saw for a couple, for about a decade or so. And it was through the seventies and eighties. And consistently there were UFO sightings of a large triangular shaped object in the sky. And typically that included three lights at different points. The government for that entire decade said, no, that's not true. We're not seeing anything on our radars. They lied just outright. They just outright 100% lied. Um, like we haven't heard that before. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is one of my favorite cases, though, because it's like these people did legitimately see UFOs, but for 10 years were told that they weren't seeing anything. So it's just one of those things where it's like you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But they didn't eventually unveil it in 1988, uh, where they finally kind of solved the mystery of what people were seeing. However, I do want to point out, they did not admit that that's what people were seeing over the deserts. They never were just like, here's the plane. We've had sightings of it for a decade. It's not Here aliens. You go. No, they just unveiled it with a bunch of other jets. And they were like, here's the stealth bomber. And then they used it to bomb people in the 90s. It might be aliens. Yeah. So, so they had had this for quite a while, though. I mean, what sounds like probably in the early 70s, but this is one that was partially solved. However, there's still a conspiracy surrounding the stealth bomber that it's not like we'll ever do an episode on on the show because it's way too short. But just as a quick thing, the government probably didn't make the stealth bomber without either zombie Nazi help or aliens, right? So by zombie Nazis, I mean like 120-year-old Nazis. But, on the moon. Yeah, exactly. But so people still claim. So what people claim actually is that those sightings, this is what happens when you do this to people, when you deny their sightings. People claim that these sightings in the 70s were actually the original spaceship, the alien spaceship. And then and then the government eventually created the stealth bomber based off of that technology. Well, considering my grandma was working on it in the 70s, I think it was probably the stealth bomber. <laughs> well, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that they weren't working on the stealth bomber for humans aliens. in the 70s. They could have also had aliens at Area 51, because where else would aliens go? They literally have like one comfortable spot to go. There's lots of alien stuff later. There's I love it! As always, it's not a conspiracy what episode if we don't blame the aliens. Fuck your reality. <laughs> So a similar thing is with drones, um, which we actually talked about. Uh, oh, wait, Dolce Base. Also Dolce yep. Base. Yeah. That was the other episode. That was the other one. Uh, yeah, so Dolce Base was another one. We actually talked about drones in that one because there were some weird sightings of what looked like ant, like uh, unmanned 
craft crashed yeah. was part of the whole thing and what they probably did was accidentally crash a drone into a uh native american reservation wait hold on so we've had drones since the 30s 1935 is considered the first drone Joking. 1935 is considered the first radio controlled drone so it's considered the first technology drone however we've actually had drones since the 1800s technically under the definition of what a drone is because it might have been Australia. Someone, one country used to use uh, hot air balloons guided by wind to bomb other countries, which we know Japan used because we talked about <laughs> On that in LA. Right. Yes, we did. Yeah. It's a fucking circle, bitches. <laughs> Everything. Everything's a circle. But yes, the first radio controlled drone was considered to have been invented in 1935. Uh, multiple governments have used them since then. They actually used them in World War II uh, as well. But they were difficult to use because, as I read, you had to have a guy flying in a plane behind the drone at a certain distance. If you got too far apart, then the drone wouldn't work anymore. So one guy's controlling the plane. He's flying. The other guy's sitting behind him controlling the drone. And both are in the sky, Which at which point I feel like... I feel like kind of redundant. Yeah, a How little bit. use the plane? <laughs> yeah. like hopefully they'll shoot them down, not us. Uh, but yeah, so drones were one of those things. They've been around since the 50s pretty consistently in the government, but they were not commercialized. Yeah, we until haven't gotten that shit until now. 2006. I didn't even realize it was that long. 2006 is when the first drone was allowed to be commercialized. So that's why you're just now seeing this influx of drones all over stores is because we're finally allowed to play with the technology as private citizens, but we weren't until the 2000s. Now, I wonder if there was a patent on that drone technology. It's part of the 5,000 that Most were likely. suppressed. I would bet that the patent probably expired in 2006. They didn't want us flying over Area 51 and figuring them out. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if the patent expired in like 1996. And they were like, let's just not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they don't They'll know. They'll figure it out eventually. Won't hurt yeah. us. Yeah. But yeah, let's go, let's go into normal things that uh, don't work as well as they could, you know, like the government's secret post office technology. I know they've got it. Probably DMV, too. They, oh, DMV <laughs> has to be. Because just, let me tell you. No, no, no. You know what? I'm oh going to get on my fucking oh God. On my soapbox here <laughs> for a so second. Because I just came from a trip to the DMV yesterday. And let me tell you, they had me in and out within 15 fucking minutes. You're telling me they couldn't do that for the past fucking 50 some odd years? Yeah. Or however long the DMVs be in place, I, I really don't know. I just came up with fifty, just because fifty felt like a, a nice round number. They're probably, probably slower now, to be honest. Probably, but yeah, that's that's honestly just more of a jokey one, but it is also true. Like I feel like legitimately, there's probably better ways to get. Let's talk done. about Nikola Tesla for like the fourth time on this podcast. Nikola Tesla. All right, so Nikola Tesla, we've talked about him before, and most recently on this podcast, we talked about him on the Tunguska that episode yeah, he blew before up we understood that it was actually a sneeze that blew up that it was, a, it was a really good episode by the way i enjoyed oh, it thank a lot. you so that that one was a fun one but tesla tesla is always thrown under the bus for like doomsday devices that's <laughs> this this man who mostly was just focused on like trying to create things like free energy and a what's essentially wi-fi just for the entire planet uh, he is kind of thrown under the bus a lot. It just kind of a background, because I didn't actually know this about him, and I think it's kind of interesting. Tesla was not what I expected. I was reading about him today, and he was actually a very poor man. 
He had not a lot of money at all, and he had no way to fund his own ideas. So by like middle of his life, his career was pretty much over. Uh, he didn't really have much of a career. He kept inventing random things. He kind of more or less fell into a weird spiral in a hotel room, fell in love with the pigeon. The pigeon died in his hands. And then he decided that his career was also fully over. And then he started building a doomsday weapon, supposedly. So what about his life was suppressed? No, no. I, I want to talk about the pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, I was kind of wondering about that, but I was kind of avoiding <laughs> a can of worms. He went to a bench consistently in New York because he was living out of a hotel room uh, after this event that we're about to talk about. And he was shamed by the public. So he would just go feed pigeons all the time when he wasn't thinking of math problems or using specifically 18 napkins every time he was eating because he had certain things. He was very particular, but he fell in love with one specific pigeon. He loved birds in general, but he fell in love with one specific pigeon. It was a white female pigeon. And he eventually, what he said was either a dream or real. And it was the pigeon came into his window at night and it was his, it was the lady pigeon, his favorite pigeon that he had fallen in love with. He said almost as one would a wife. And then it died in his arms. And he said that that was the universe showing him a sign that everything that he had been working on was kind of over. And then a couple of years after that, he started building a death beam. So one of his big things was just trying to trying to evolve technology. That was what he was good at. He's possibly one of the smartest men to ever live, but also unfortunately he had less tools than everyone else at the time, including like Thomas Edison. He at one point worked under Thomas Edison and he would consistently later on write about how Thomas Edison took too much time to do everything and wouldn't just solve problems normally. But he had essentially invented what some people, now I wanna make this clear. This is not a definite. Some people claim that he had invented a way to harness pure free energy from the earth itself. What he kind of said himself is that it's more just a system of a wireless network where you can communicate really easily. And I will read a direct quote from him on how this wireless network would have worked. Uh, so he said specifically a businessman in New York, talking, that's what he's talking about. He will be able to call up from his desk and talk to any telephone subscriber on the globe without any change, whatever, in existing equipment, an inexpensive instrument no bigger than a watch will enable, will enable its bearer to hear anywhere on sea or land, music or song, the speech of a political leader, the address of an eminent man of science or the sermon of an eloquent clergyman delivered in some other place, however distant. In the same manner, any picture, character, drawing, or print can be transferred from one to another place. Millions of such instruments can be operated from but one plant of this kind. Internet. Literally in like 1900, he had come up with the internet. He had come up with the idea. Of but he'd also come up with the way to do it. So I can't remember what the actual name of this tower was and he had started building it. So JP Morgan, who we all know from the bank, JP Morgan was the only big investor that Tesla really ever had, uh, except for maybe the military with some conspiracies, but for, the, for reality, like for what we actually know, JP Morgan did invest in him and he invested specifically in this idea and they started building the towers. However, Tesla consistently ran over the budget building these towers because again, they were trying to build towers across the world. Like we're talking these huge, huge machines. And he 
builds and builds and builds. And then JP Morgan found out about another man named Marconi who had come up with a similar idea that we now know as radio. So what Marconi had figured out is how to do radio waves across the planet. And his idea was a lot cheaper. But on top of that, part of what JP Morgan had an issue with, which is where a lot of technology suppression comes in, is like you said, Angel, money is the bottom line. It is, it is the biggest factor. And what you couldn't measure with Tesla's idea, because he didn't care about money, was you couldn't measure who was using certain frequencies when. So you couldn't actually charge people. Once he would have built these towers, it would have been free to the entire planet to use. Wait, so they didn't let him do it because they couldn't monetize it? Morgan pulled out his money because he couldn't monetize it. And so that I was waiting for an opportunity to go into that. Um, <clears throat> I feel like that could be the investor equivalent i guess of technology suppression right because you're putting so much money into this without getting any return and then you see somebody else now it's not that it was the same idea uh uh marconi came up with radio not quite the same as what tesla was trying to achieve with the wireless network quote unquote but since that was closer and there was a way to monetize think about radio in general you have to have a receptacle right you can charge for a radio you can't charge for a wireless network that somebody can tap into even though the idea was there and there weren't necessarily at least to this point regulations on what tesla was trying to do this was in essence a technology suppression because at one second tesla had the money to go for it and, and make this goal accomplished and then the next minute he did not which is kind of similar to submitting your patent and then getting it denied what are you supposed to do in that situation? Right. Can you imagine if we had internet in the early 1900s? Well, and to even go further, so Tesla said that everyone was basically stupid because they were going for Marconi's idea, but Marconi's idea was not only a basic idea of what Tesla wanted, which is pretty understandable. I mean, like he wanted radio, Tesla was going for something else entirely internet. that we now know. I mean, like we now know, I mean, we're literally doing this podcast with what Tesla was talking about. Exactly. So, the, but not only did Marconi kind of have a base idea. Tesla accused him of using 17 of his patents. Marconi stole 17 of Tesla's patents to create his radio wave machine. Now, how would he have gotten those patents? So Tesla sued him and the government denied the suit because it would have stopped everything at once. So it would have immediately stopped the building of the radio towers, which would have caused a huge issue. And then possibly Tesla would have gotten his off the ground after investors would have been like, well, his is the next best thing. And they, so they denied Tesla and they wouldn't even look at the fact that his patents were stolen. Not only that, but I was trying to get on a a little bit different there. Your investor is JP Morgan and then JP Morgan goes to back this other guy. This guy achieves his goals while stealing 17 of your patents. There's a common denominator there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, so it's one of those things where like you look at this and like originally it seems like, oh, the investor pulled out. So like it was only the investor that kind of like cock blocked Tesla, but actually it was the government as well. They could have done something. And again, we could have had internet probably like a legitimate like style, like different style of internet completely, but like a legitimate something in like the 1930s. Yeah. A network. Right. But not only did Morgan pull out his money because he, that was his original excuse as well. It's getting too expensive. Whereas the radio wave was cheaper, which it was. But he then spent money to tear down the towers that Tesla had already built, which is that is more of an aggressive tactic, because at that point, what you're saying is I need to make sure these are no longer here, because if this gets built, 
all the money I put into the radio system is lost. So he completely destroys the towers. Tesla goes to live in a random hotel in New York for pretty much the remainder of his life, uh, theorizing different inventions. And he actually apparently refused to write down a lot of his inventions after that. So he would keep them all specifically in his head. And he rarely gave them to the public after that. Well, I don't fucking blame him. And we lost so much when we lost Tesla. But he even mentioned multiple times how, like, if you don't have money, then nobody cares. And that was what his issue was, which is where he didn't like Thomas Edison. So, fucking Thomas Edison. Yeah, which Thomas Edison's next, actually. So, actually, I'm, I'm going to go back just a little bit. Because I saw this lovely phrase online while I was looking this up. Somebody said, and I quote... Benjamin Franklin was riding around in a in a chitin key powered car. I saw that too. So so <laughs> why are we just barely getting Teslas and Lucids and all these other hybrids? Why are we just starting to get them? And there there is a couple of actual reasonable explanations for that, but just going off of the uh, the outline that we have here. Electric cars have been around for a very long time. Thomas Edison and Henry Ford had created an entirely electric vehicle that was within four miles an hour of the Model T. So you're not, you wouldn't really be sacrificing that much power yeah. or speed, especially at that point. I mean, it, you, you didn't buy a car to go fast the way you do now. You know, you, those choices between a Corvette or a Honda, you know, stuff like that. Like, yeah, they, they like didn't literally... have those comparisons like two bikes with a battery on it this is it's it's like a mattress with wheels That's, <laughs> basically, basically. Uh, yeah this was also in uh 19 like 06 to 1912 that they were developing this too so we're talking yeah. only four miles per hour under the 1920s model t as well so it was ahead of its time so yeah and it it, it was pretty exceptional but you have to think too like as far as and you're not going to hear me trying to uh, talk about the being on the side of, of big companies very often. But as far as like backing up the claim that, you know, why didn't we have them? It really wasn't cost efficient for even now. It's really still not that cost efficient for companies to be making electric vehicles, all electric vehicles, except for the fact that now because of everything going on with the planet and, you know, people will, deny that as well now there's so much more of a demand for companies to produce them not for the money aspect but more for i would say more for like the publicity aspect but again we're going back to you know the 1900s it it, there's there would have been no viable way to create an assembly line for these electric cars and have people that could actually afford to buy them see that's that is the one thing that so i originally that's what i had heard and that's what I thought. And then I found this picture that's like, it's Henry Ford sitting on their electric vehicle that he created with Thomas Edison. And it's literally a steering wheel and like one single battery, which was an Edison made battery specifically because there was not a battery that could hold a charge long enough to actually run these things. So Edison had to make his own. But what ended up happening is, is they ended up making a car that worked like the Model T's but literally needed a battery and that was it. It needed no water circulation system, nothing like that. Like there's a quote from Edison right here that talks about that, but like it literally needed nothing that a gas engine system needed. And 
it was literally a battery and a steering wheel. Which yeah, but back back then there was also no power steering, no AC, none of that other stuff to take into consideration. All all of the features that sell a car now were not included in a Model T either, except for touchscreens. That's true. That's true. A, a Model T, a 1923 Model T with a touchscreen the size of a Galaxy S7 would be amazing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is like basically the size of a Model T. Those were not huge cars, so fit like your one shithead kid and everyone <laughs> else rode a horse in the back. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. So Edison did think he had a different opinion than most people than the investors with Henry Ford. Uh, he. Ford originally really, really wanted the electric car. This is actually something I didn't know. Ford was die hard the electric car. He thought there was no other way to go. He didn't want to do the gas system because setting up an assembly line to have every single piece to put together because he had to have the water circulation and it was loud as hell, which is also a problem that Edison had and just getting the oil and gas and having to constantly do repairs. He liked none of it, but he went with it because of investors. He got tons of investors for the Model T. And because of that, the cars that we have now were born. And to be fair, originally Edison actually was for the gasoline engine. He was the opposite. They actually ended up switching. So Edison was like, I don't think we should do the battery operated one. I don't think it's viable. And then Edison claimed that he figured out a perfectly viable car. But by that point, Ford had his investors. So really weird situation with that. Yeah. But it, it all comes down to money. I mean, it's like, it's like half of what we're going to talk about. It comes down to money. Who has money for what? That's what this comes down to. Yeah, and Henry Ford was definitely one of those guys. Like, He was willing to spend any amount of money for success to make more money, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like having to, the American use, dream. having to use his own money to pay for people to put all those little parts into an engine as opposed to having to use his own money to have one person put a battery on a mattress as camera yeah. call. Obviously a lot that is not a mattress. It'll be in our newsletter, but that is a it's, mattress. That's not a mattress. Let's talk about hydrogen fueled cars. We're doing great. I spent some good amount of time trying to figure out the science of how a hydrogen fueled car would work. And I feel like I did. Okay. Mm. <laughs> um, okay. So, there is a, an idea that you can use hydrogen alone to fuel a car. Um, so hydrogen fuel is made by hydrolysis, which is basically where you split water into just H and O. And um, this requires either a lot of electricity or aluminum powder. And said aluminum powder will absorb all of the oxygen and then just leave pure hydrogen gas, which sounds easy and great, right? But Hydrogen is incredibly dangerous, which is why we make bombs out of them. And also you can use aluminum powder to make explosives. So it'd probably be a bad thing to have next to engines that spark and, you know, all that. But they found that if you add some lye to the water, you actually don't need alum aluminum powder. You can actually just use like cut up soda cans or like all of our tinfoil hats that we made. Just throw them in your gas tank. The recycling business would have been... Booming. Right? See? Boom. Recycling, 10 points of sustainability, right? Um, 
But then that means obviously you don't need fossil fuels anymore, which is one of the biggest industries in the world, which is bad for capitalism or whatever. So, I mean, it makes sense that they would suppress this because then uh, that means you could literally like run cars on fucking water and cans. I just would like to put, interject one thing here. <laughs> okay. If that of invention was viable and it was safe, it's not fucking bad for capitalism. Because <laughs> it would be the definition of fucking capitalism. <laughs> Free competition. But I, I, I saw Fuck out of here, big oil industry. <laughs> Very true. Suck a dick, but white the, men. The whole argument here is that this would kill the need for gas and electric cars all at once, you know? Yes. So they're all like, oh, it's going to ruin Fuck our Elon market. Musk. He doesn't Fuck need Elon that Musk. money. That's true. Jesus. He really doesn't. Just uh, playing with our Tesla. fucking stock market. So why are they so afraid of hydrogen? <laughs> Name one bad hydrogen disaster. There is a guy who made it safe, apparently. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, I found a so. story that is very unsubstanti- uh, unsubstantiated. Um, that I found in one link, but I like the story. So allegedly there is a secret guy, a scientist dude, who wanted to be unnamed and anonymous because he fears for his life over this patent that he created for something that actually controls the creation of the pure hydrogen in these fuel tanks um, so effectively that it couldn't possibly explode ever. Yeah, suck on that, Hindenburg. Ah. So he actually supposedly did it by accident where he used a pressure valve the wrong way, which actually regulated the creation of pure hydrogen to like a very, very minute, but like usable level. So there would never be enough hydrogen actually created to blow up. And if it did, it'd be so minute, you wouldn't even be able to tell. But I mean, Uh, the, the issue itself would have been separating the hydrogen, I would think. Yeah, it, it sounded like he had like a bunch of different, he, after figuring out this valve thing, he had a bunch of different containers that he had oh, somehow so like separated out. Yeah. Huh. Um, hmm. So he had made it so secure that if a reaction did happen, it wouldn't actually like kill you. It would just. I'm sorry though. Like, isn't like, so oxygen is not flammable technically, but it does work. If the yeah. Right. So, like, he, so this guy is basically like, you separate out the hydrogen. And if, if the hydrogen just pops, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. There's a bunch of pure oxygen. No, there's not. Surrounding it. Remember, what happens to the oxygen? Remember, if I told, I told you before that the aluminum absorbs the oxygen. Oh. That's so it gets rid of it. Or the lye. Yeah. But the lye mixed with the aluminum cans true. absorbs the oxygen. Yes. True, true. True, true, true. Um, Anyway, so no, there is no oxygen to blow fine, up, fine. sir. Excuse Listen me. Listen to my TED talk. Excuse me, your TED talk in this unnamed man. Yes. Um, so he claims that this was funded very well and it was all going. And he, there was like this whole story about how he apparently had a commercial set up with like the Energizer Bunny commercials. And there was going to be like this whole thing where like, like they had a whole plot to this commercial planned out. And I have no idea where this came from, but it's hilarious to me. Because apparently in the commercial, they were going to have like three different cars, like a gas car, an electric car, and then this hydrogen car. And the idea is that a hydrogen car can run for like a thousand miles without needing to refuel at all. So they were going to show like the gas car runs out of gas first and the electric car runs out next. And then the hydrogen car finishes the course and then comes back before anything. I don't know. It was weirdly specific 
But apparently all this funding got pulled from said unnamed guy last minute. And then they just kind of vaguely mentioned some espionage and explosions. Just explosions. There was no like, they didn't tell me what exploded <laughs> or what burned down. It's just espionage and explosions. And then that was the end of it. And that's why this guy doesn't want to talk about his name. This, this sounds like a crack fiend came out of a high with ambition <laughs> to write a poorly scripted action movie. He claims to have figured out the hydrogen car. <clears throat> I don't know. But I thought it was an interesting story. <laughs> well, I just like I, I can't help but wonder like maybe he was just like maybe it wasn't espionage at all maybe some investor was like prove to me that the hydrogen's not gonna harm anyone and then he was like okay fine and just blew himself up um so he is not this unnamed man it's not the only person who experimented with water cars um in fact the most popular person in terms of like conspiracies probably who experimented with this is a man named Stanley Meyer. And this would have been through like probably like the late eighties and then through like the nineties. Uh, he, this is a man who had like 200,000 patents on different inventions. He had, he was like prolific in terms of like inventing things that he could claim were his. So that, that doesn't always mean anything. Cause like you could technically put like a spatula arm on a toaster that catches the bread and like make a patent for that. <laughs> It's actually kind of genius, honestly. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> you and Angel should go into this together. Uh, but so this guy, he had created a hydrogen car as well, but his process is a bit different. Uh, he was able to separate out the hydrogen and the oxygen, claiming that the oxygen would, that the, the hydrogen was not explosive enough to blow up but it was just enough to fuel the car while the oxygen fueled the hydrogen after they were separated. It's essentially what he claimed. It's kind of what he got around to. He claimed that it would take him only 22 gallons of water, essentially, if he were to do it, to get from LA to New York in his hydrogen-powered dune buggy. And that's where this is important, is he had an actual real car that did supposedly, so he claimed, run on hydrogen now the he he would not let people look at the doom buggy though which is a little bit he wouldn't let people look at it by themselves which in some respects i get because like you don't want anyone fucking with your car in other respects like you gotta show people if you want them to invest in your car but he did show investors supposedly so it, it's hard to say whose story to believe on that um most of his story by the way comes from his brother steve steve meyer uh stanley and steve and that's kind of where we have a lot of what we know about this right now. So you can see this car if you look it up. If you look up Stanley Meyer uh, Dune Buggy, I keep wanting to call it a go-kart. It's different. But well, you, is it? Yeah, really. But <laughs> you, you can look it up and you can see it actually running on water, things like that. Uh, but this is where this whole story kind of goes downhill. So this was probably his greatest invention if this is actually true, because this is insane. 22 gallons of water to drive from LA to New York. That is absurd. That is like right? the cheapest way to drive somewhere that I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Yeah, you could just refill with the ocean on both coasts. You would not just <laughs> kill the oil industry. Like they, they would be non-existent. No one would remember. No one would remember their importance. So... He was sell, trying to sell this to investors. He had spent months trying to do this. He finally got some investors to actually bite for possibly the amount of money that he wanted. That was kind of a big thing here. But he was trying to argue money with them. So like any good business deal, they went to a Cracker Barrel. Uh, 
They, this was <laughs> this in 19, this was in 1998. And this is all true, by the way. Uh, this is, this is one of those things that's just factual. He, they, in 1998, he was doing a business deal with men at a Cracker Barrel. It sounds like they had actually left. Uh, the d- business deal ended up not going the way he wanted. He wasn't going to accept the money, according to his brother, Steve. And then, so he, Stanley finished his meal by himself is kind of the gist I got. That may not be completely accurate, but it's hard to tell based on who's telling the story. Uh, but anyway, what we know is he was eating in a Cracker Barrel. And then he suddenly jumped up from the chair, started running around the Cracker Barrel because there was something wrong. And he was screaming, they've poisoned me. And he went outside. He died while yelling that. And... Goddamn. Then the coroner's report ended up saying that he had high blood pressure and died from a cerebral aneurysm, which I couldn't find anything that said those two were connected. So I feel like the first one's just kind of an unnecessary jab and a little rude. But (laughs) I mean, the man took a business meeting at the Cracker Barrel. What do you expect? Listen, he was a very white man. Where else is he supposed to go? Where where else is he supposed to go? Cheesecake uh, factory? I don't know. Was there a cheesecake Something factory? Something with better dessert? Like his, he I probably Jesus. couldn't afford it. The guy did not look like he had a lot of money. Spent all of his money trying to build water-powered cars. Yeah, if he can build a water-powered car, I think he can afford one dinner. So this this is where everything goes out because we have a man dying who says they've poisoned me. Uh, right before this meeting happened, he had claimed that the government had come to visit him to look at the car and to talk to him about his invention, basically like a thinly veiled threat, kind of like a men in black situation, but not as secretive. And that that actually war, that like got investors to walk away because they didn't want to deal with the government. So he had lost a bunch of other investors he was supposed to be having business dealings with because the government was, became involved. And this is right before he goes to Cracker Barrel and then screams and dies. Wait, wait where was he? This was Ohio. So after Stanley dies outside of this Cracker Barrel, I just can't stop saying that. It sounds ridiculous. Uh, I know, you've said it like four times. Because I, it's a fact, is it too soon? I don't know. I'm trying not to laugh about it. It's kind of weird and funny. What year was this? It's not too soon. Uh, 1998. Oh. So, <laughs> no, not too soon. Yeah, we were all alive. But anyway, so his brother then claimed that uh, the car was stolen right after this. So literally like within the same week, it was stolen by what he said were sharks Wait, what? He so the so his brother said sharks stole the car. I assume he was using slang for something like suits or oh. like like gang members. I was just kind of imagining like he King watched Shark. West Side Story too much. Uh, it's one of those. But anyway, I assume that's what he meant. So he he essentially was just saying that people stole the car though, and a bunch of other experimental technology that was in their garage. This all disappeared right after Stanley Meyer's death. Men in black. I mean, kind of, sort of. I mean, yes. like, I don't, it's it's a weird thing. It is a weird thing to be fair. Now, to eventually they did look at the patents because the patents stayed until uh, recently or like, no, 2010-ish, something like that. It sounded like the patents finally expired on the car. Uh, but the patents were looked at around the time that he died. And what people who... Or like what scientists said who investigated it supposedly they were called expert witnesses is all they were called and everything i found is so really a thing? i don't well they were looking at whether or not the patents were legitimate does that make me an expert witness for all the wild speculation we do well, that's the podcast. thing is like i don't so like anyway these patents were looked at by like five different people and all, what these people came to the conclusion of is that it was a water electrolysis 
So what that does is exactly what Stanley Meyer technically claimed he was doing, which he claimed that he was splitting up hydrogen and oxygen from the water and he was using the hydrogen to then power the car for forward momentum. However, what they claim is that there's no way that would have worked because that's not what an electrolysis does. All it does is separate out hydrogen and water. That's literally what it's for. They have been around since the 19th century. So they have been around for quite a while. They're not new. So he didn't I, invent anything. If he invented the combustion of the hydrogen, or if he invented the process that creates the combustion of the hydrogen, then technically that makes the patent valid as long as it wasn't somebody else's already. Yeah, and that's that's where I get a little confused because then they claim that that's that the car ran off of an electrolysis if he did that, but he was probably lying is basically what they came to the conclusion of. However, no one got to see the car because it disappeared. Suppression. But yeah, so it's, it's hard to say, but that's, that's where the technology suppression thing comes in is like, <laughs> like where did the car go? That's the biggest problem. And I've heard of this yeah. conspiracy. I've known about it for years and years now uh, because it's one of those that pops up consistently when people talk about the government, just because it's one of those weird ones. Like the government pretty, I mean, there's enough witnesses to say that someone from the government showed up at his doorstep, whether it was like, Hey man, uh, did you really make a water powered car? Like, can we see that? And like, maybe we'll use that for our military or whatever. So we can bomb people with less money, but uh, who knows? But the government probably showed up You're at some point in time. saying it so fast, just throwing that shit in there like yeah. it's nothing. Well, I want to say it fast. That way, you know, they're like, did we hear that correctly? That way they, they don't attack me too. I do think it's weird. I do think it's weird to suddenly die from a cerebral aneurysm right after the government investigates you for your car, right after you're doing business dealings to sell possibly the next greatest thing in a Cracker Barrel. In a Cracker Barrel. In a Cracker sure Barrel. Everybody heard that. In a Cracker Barrel. Barrel, yeah. Yes. Barrel. barrel being the more important word of the two. Yes. Uh, there's also a very similar story from Australia. This one is kind of, uh, I can't, I'm, not, I'm trying not to make fun of these, but there's elements that are funny. Uh, this, an Australian man claims that he had a friend in Australia around the same time. This was about 1986 to like mid 1990s. Uh, he had a friend who had created a water powered car. And this man had, had a deal with the government where the Australian government was like, you shut your mouth and don't tell anyone that you have a water-powered car and we'll let you keep it. And we can you do that you. in an Australian accent? No. It's not realistic. I can Come not. on, mate. Now you're going to keep that bloody secret. Or we're going to kill you. But if you Pretty keep good. it, we'll let you keep the car. We are going to get like a message but... like, this is not Australian. You guys are <laughs> 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 I would just like to point out that that is Angel. That was Angel. Uh-huh. Me. Uh, anyway, so this guy, but obviously this guy is a hydrogen powered car. Eventually the word gets out and he talks about it, talks about it, talks about it. So the government comes by his house like a decade later and they're like, hey, bud, you got to destroy it. Come on, bud. Now you got to destroy the car. There you go. <laughs> uh, so the guy essentially said no. He's like, this is my invention. We, I'm going to do what I want with it. He was found three weeks later dead. And the coroner report claimed that he fell off the back of a train while he was drunk. If you're drunk and on the back of a train, you might fall off. That's fair. Now, the friend says that this man didn't drink at all. So it is Australian. He deepens. He's Australian. So his yeah. friend's a liar. Yeah. It's like, it, and I don't know. Maybe people are going to attack us because you're just making fun of Australians right now. That's, <laughs> I love Australians. I love to drink. <laughs> There you go. You can't hate me. That sounds better. I don't think it sounds 
better to be like, I love Australians, I love to drink. What is that? <laughs> Hit me up, Australians. At oh, A-A-A-G-U-I-L-A-R-95 on Twitter. And then you can go back on that Twitter and find out how often I use it. But anyway, so there, so there are multiple stories. I mean, those are th- just three stories of people creating hydrogen energy, yeah. which... To be fair, water energy's been around for a while. Has no one ever heard of the water wheel? Just like scoops the water. That's that's a little bit different, but we're not going to get into that. You um, put it in a car, and you're going upstream, and that wheel is going, and then the car can. Wait, drive, hold on. So upstream. you're saying the car is driving in the water? Yeah. Oh. No, he, he's saying that you boat. put the water in the car, and then instead of having regular tires, you just have water wheels that catch the water oh. as you're going. But you can only Not go that. uphill. That's that's the difference. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, real no, real quick, I wanted downhill to downhill both ways. Yeah, downhill both ways. Um, it's actually uphill both ways if you're talking about when our parents used to have to walk three miles in the snow during the middle of summer. <clears throat> but I'm gonna get back to Ali's point real quick because I found information on what the aluminum powder does. <clears throat> um, the aluminum powder does not absorb the oxygen. The aluminum powder is actually what causes the reaction that separates the hydrogen from the oxygen. Aluminum metal rapidly develops a thin layer of aluminum oxide, which I have seen this in welding now that I think about it. That's why you can't melt over like just a, an open flame uh, aluminum. But uh, once that layer is corroded, the reaction develops releasing highly flammable hydrogen gas. Okay. Hmm. So it does not, in fact, absorb the oxygen. Therefore, that still begs the question that Cameron brought up, where does the oxygen go? And do you want it near a combustible hydrogen gas when you're trying to actively combust that gas? Hmm. Yeah. Well, then, that, I mean, Cameron's story is a little more elaborate with a cracker barrel, so maybe that guy was the real guy. <sighs> he, could, he very well could have been. Maybe he used, like, an exhaust system for the oxygen. Maybe yeah, that, was it, it, Maybe that was it, part of the propulsion. It glossed over pretty heavily the, the idea of like what each chamber in said engine did. So <sighs> yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe they had a way to get rid of the oxygen. But it also goes back. One of those 5,000 plus patents that were allegedly suppressed, one of the categories that was included was propulsion technology. Yep. Cam- Cameron's that. thinking. Cameron's I, thinking. Cam- thinking. Cameron, Cameron I, is knee deep in a rabbit hole right now. <laughs> And he's digging himself further. Listen, I can see it. This one does give me a little bit, just because like I see a lot of things where people are like, like they're they're internet scientists, and they're like, this is absolutely not possible because I have looked at the same blog post you have, and I've decided <laughs> that I have a PhD in this, and I know. I know. I my my little so, speech earlier is about time as much cube. An internet scientist as time cube. else. Literally time cube. Like everyone is a time cube conspiracist in this one, but it, it's one of those where like it does get me a little bit because it it's something that's been theorized by enough people that it most certainly is probably there's some way that it would work, but we just don't have it. But also there's weird things that go along with that. Like whether or not someone's lying on their patent and all they've created is actually like a water electrolysis, but we can't inspect a dune buggy because we don't know, or because a guy blew himself up with pipes. And that's probably what happened if the hydrogen was actually flammable and he didn't think it was. But anyway, light bulbs. I did see one. And I am going to supremely mess up this number. But I did see something that said that light bulbs should be able to burn for over 
fifteen thousand hours, some something like that, so one hundred and fifty thousand hours. I think it was one hundred and fifty because I saw it. In all, the I, all I remember is it's the equivalent of like seventy years. Light bulbs should be able to burn efficiently for seventy years, and that supposedly should be energy conserving for us, right? Because we don't have to go out and buy light bulbs to replace them every time you know something new comes along. Now, what I will say is there definitely has been developments in the light bulb industry. Never mm-hmm. thought that I would be talking about the light bulb <laughs> industry. But these if you are, want to start these are quality to, conversations. Yeah. If you want to start talking about incredibly technologically advanced industries, we should talk about glue sometime. So the the website that I saw and that I read, and actually I saw it on a couple of them, uh, was they had nothing against the fact that light bulbs should be better. They were only arguing against this theory that, you know, They've been suppressing our ability to enhance our lighting by countering with, well, it actually wouldn't be quite as cost effective because the light bulb would cost more. And I think that just goes back to the electric car would cost more. 70 years. Yeah, 70 years, but it would cost more to buy a single light bulb. I'll pay $40 for a light bulb if I never have to change it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going (laughs) to make it to 70, especially if I keep doing this podcast with you guys. So... In my eyes, hand me the fucking seventy-year light bulb. I could, that shit would become like a fucking family heirloom. You pass that shit down generation to generation. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, that's all that I really saw. There was nothing arguing that it couldn't be done or that it can't be done. It was just, hey, here. we have the technology in place that should enable us to do this. And then other people, oh no, it will cost too much. You're just cheaper buying cheap light bulbs that only last for like a year and a half. Maybe. Well, I mean, halogen light bulbs are have gotten pretty long-lasting lives now. But not 70 years. Not 70 fucking years, that's for damn sure. Like you said, family heirloom. Yeah, why pass down like an old grandfather clock when you can just... Hey, son, light bulb. Look at this Philips Hue. I do want to say there is actually a light bulb, but have you guys ever heard of the fire station light bulb in California? No. So there is a light bulb. Uh, this is one of my favorite things. I think it's really fun. There, it, it had some frayed wires attached to the socket, so they didn't remove it once they installed it. They installed it in 1901. And as of 2010, it was still on, running 24 hours a day, never turned off because of the frayed socket. So they were trying to wait for it to turn off, and it's been running on four watts for 24 hours a day since 1901. And it was still going as of 2010. I can't Super find any bold. newer stories. But yeah, literally Super Bowl. I mean, like we're talking... A light bulb from 1901. Okay, so let me wildly speculate here. Uh, I'll Um, let you go first. (laughs) So this was their first attempt at using said super bulb that lasts 70 years. And it just, it's it's sitting there and nobody's ever said anything about it. And it's obviously working. Okay, now we've all heard those stories where the myth becomes larger than the man, right? Who would have checked if you if a fucking fireman goes out in the middle of the night and swaps out the light bulb? Why is it impossible? Switch off your breaker, fix the fucking frayed wires, put it back together. Is so it you're real? Saying this is an urban legend. I'm saying it's its own fucking conspiracy. <laughs> next next podcast that I'm on, I'm calling it. What is it called again? The firefighter light bulb. It's the San Jose, California fire station number six light bulb. Guys, I can be there. <laughs> I can be there in 45 minutes. Let's oh, go. God, you're right. I don't know if it's still on. No. I, I'd have to look more into it. I I'm going to tune in. I'm going to Instagram live. Now here, Mike, we got the light bulb <laughs> in, in California, San Jose, California, Mike. 
been burning since 1901. Aye. Bring, bring me a Foster's. You are switching between <laughs> your normal voice, uh, some kind of bastardized UK accent, and... At least I fucking tried, Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. Was was what did you do? Nothing. Uh, didn't offend the people of Australia. What was your ode to Australia, huh? Go ahead. Not offending them. Start, yeah. start hopping around Not, like green Green energy, can. however, I do think is... A oh, oh, let's just switch topics now. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you want... Oh, you, no, whatever. You keep going into go, it? You go ahead. Talk about your stupid green energy. Green energy. We've got solar panels. We've got wind energy. Uh, we have water wheel cars. No, but for real, like green energy is something that is is definitely been argued for years that it's been suppressed because it does affect the oil industries and it affects a lot of jobs. And which wars is that we don't need to be fighting. Also that. But like, that's a whole other thing. Why, why would we bomb Afghanistan if we don't need oil? Where would all those bombs go? To for for, for capitalism. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got to have toys, Allie. For capitalism, damn it. But yeah, no. So this is one that's, uh, I feel like it's kind of in a mixture of like, it's it's very much in the stealth bomber range of like, it's real. But also it's well, heavily in I the mean, conspiracy range. Because Angel over here literally was just talking about solar panels earlier. Right. Well, I was. Also I got real fired up about it. it. Forever. So... I mean, it makes sense to use the things around you. Like, if wind can create energy, then why wouldn't you use that? If you can have solar energy, then why wouldn't you want that? Well, I mean, you can see it being suppressed just in, like, politics right now. I mean, it's so over-politicized for, like, no reason. Well, yeah, yeah climate, I don't want to get too political. control but... and all of that, like, I remember, and I know we're not trying to get too political, but I remember at a certain change of presidency, a website about climate control literally changed their like about page to we are currently undergoing changes to reflect the current leadership like that's not something that should be happening Uh, okay (laughs) in my in my opinion you know like when i drive to visit my family in the bay area like we have tons of wind farms and you look at the the um whatever the hell they're called i can't think of the word right now but the propellers aren't even turning like so many of them are broken down and they're not being maintained because allegedly and me as just a regular citizen driving through like i can't attest to the numbers obviously but allegedly they don't make enough money off of that energy to pay people to upkeep them well and see so like where a lot of this like where i think technology suppression becomes a conspiracy is when you start talking about it in terms of citizen uh, suppression which is where this kind of comes in i think if out of all of these like a lot of them are like they want you to spend more money on cars and get oil changes things like that yeah. oil companies, that's fine there i mean you still have other uses for oils that aren't going to go away anytime soon uh there's there's a lot of uses there but like green energy is one of those where like the conspiracy is definitely more i think geared towards citizen suppression because if you have 100% renewable energy that you aren't really paying much for, then citizens are paying a lot less for their energy bills, which means you get a lot less money. And it, I don't know, it's kind of like a vicious circle of why renewable energy works so well, but doesn't for the type of system that you might have. Um, so I see you have this thing about cold fusion. Yeah. I didn't read a lot about cold fusion, to be honest. Uh, I read a little bit about it. I've heard of it before. I know that it's something that's considered not viable and not realistic and that you can't do it. However, there's some people that think that you can. 
And what a lot of people think is that the government is not wanting to do it because it would be a source of extreme green nuclear energy. But uh, specifically, we have Eugene Malov, uh, who wrote a book on cold fusion and these two scientists who had claimed that they had actually figured it out, but that they were blocked by the government from pushing forth their patents and their ideas, and no one would essentially listen to them. A lot of people have tried the same experiments and they haven't been able to get cold fusion to work. It's something that like, there's a lot, a lot of science mumbo jumbo as to why it doesn't work. Just a quick thing though is that it doesn't work. That's the easiest way to put it. There has been no recorded proof that it works other than two scientists who claim they got its work in the 80s or something. Has there been any recorded proof why it wouldn't work from these government scientists that are saying it's impossible? They are saying... So essentially, essentially what it is, it's a nuclear reaction that occurs at room temperature, so you don't have to have extreme heat. However, the reason why it does not work is due, it's due to a specific barrier like just to break it down as easily as possible, it's due to a specific barrier that cannot be breached except for at high temperatures. So that's why cold fusion doesn't work. You have to figure out how to breach that barrier in order to get the right chemicals to mix. And that's essentially what it boils down to. Again, that's not, that's like such a... Cam science corner. No, not cam science corner. <laughs> because that's one of those things where I'm sure someone is listening and they're like, that's not how it works at all. And that's perfectly fine. That's not really how that works. <laughs> So essentially cold fusion doesn't work though. And these scientists were pushed away by the government. They were like, this isn't gonna work. You guys are crazy. Eugene Malov pushed the fact that it did work and he released an entire book on why. Now, Eugene was cleaning out an apartment that his parents owned. Uh, From what it sounds like, they were landlords, they owned rental properties. And he was helping to clean out the apartment when he was just kind of murdered in the middle of cleaning it. He was just, he was just murdered. Now. Obviously, this man had just released a book that was very controversial because it claims that the government was lying and that they were suppressing uh, cold fusion. And I think this was actually in the UK, so this is not America. But uh, suppression all over the world, right? New world order. Now, when he was murdered, there were two people that were eventually charged, even though there were no witnesses and no, there was no evidence to anyone, like, to who did it. And the, the government claimed, like, or the police that, that worked on it claimed that it was just a robbery gone wrong. It was a robbery, but like he was cleaning out essentially an empty apartment. Like he was just, from what I understand, cleaning it. Like not really cleaning out so much as just cleaning in general. So I don't know if they were robbing like his bleach, I, I guess is what they took. But he was, so these two people were charged and then the case got dropped after years of battles. So the case gets dropped and then suddenly the government's like, here's a $50,000 reward. We need to know who did this. So then they find another person. And then this case takes years until eventually the person gives in and instead of going to trial, just says, I'll take 16 years in prison, takes a plea deal. So we actually don't have any real evidence as to who murdered this man. He kind of just released a controversial book and then shortly after died. I mean, straight up homicide, like that's, that's definitely true. Someone killed him. It's not like questionable but we just don't know who did it. And this guy, like, I, I always have issues with plea deals because it doesn't mean, it, like, it does not mean they're guilty. It could mean a lot of things, including different threats and, like, whether or not they actually thought they were going to get more time if they went to court because who knows how a jury is going to react to something. 
So it's hard to say. But yeah, he was just a weird case. He's one of those that these conspiracy theorists for technology suppression push because he, is, I mean, he was just murdered in cold blood. And it's a very suspicious scenario. Going on like a completely like different route here, but still under the same umbrella of, you know, suppressed technologies and inventions and stuff are like cures for big diseases and other ailments that have been around for a long time. What people know as big pharma is suppressing all of our cures for things like cancer and AIDS and other things that have been around for a while and are extremely life-threatening and probably should have better, better cures or at least better treatment for them by now. For both things that I just mentioned, there is no cure. There are things to make life a little easier. Now you're saying there's not a cure for AIDS, even though people have claimed to be cured. I'm just saying a lot of people, if, I mean, this is, is its own conspiracy theory. Now, obviously there's a lot of politics behind this and a lot of um, different things that could have driven the conspiracy theories behind these uh, uh, occurrences. But a lot of people who have claimed to either gotten the cure for AIDS or doctors who claim that had a cure for AIDS, a lot of them originated in Cuba, right? The first couple of AIDS cases popped up in the U.S. around 1960, in the early to mid-1960s. It really became rampant in, I believe, the early 70s. Um, if I'm remembering the last time I argued with somebody about this. First cases of AIDS were reported in 1981. In the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> He's doing it again. All right. Yeah, now I'm going to have to look. All right. Cross here, check. Here, here we go. Hiatus. 1981. Government website. HIV.gov. Okay. So a government-run website. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> a government-run website is claiming. Look at this. First U.S. AIDS death. This is the WashingtonPost.com. Robert Rayford died in 1969. So how is our first AIDS case in the 80s? How Man, about, they really call it gay men's how, pneumonia originally? That is awful. That Well, that's because that's where... And see, that's where all of the conspiracy theories comes out behind it because the government was allegedly trying to get rid of the gays. They were allegedly trying to get rid of the blacks. They allegedly mm-hmm. were targeting all of these minor... Basically anybody that didn't fit the bill that they want. But if you look at... Even on PBS... America's, this is the, the headline, America's HIV outbreak started in this city 10 years before anybody noticed. Before doctors first noticed the disease, HIV arrived in New York City. I mean, so, it's, it's not like it would be reality. surprising in a, like a minority community of like, of like the LGBT community, especially back in the 60s, that exactly. no one cared. Yeah, I mean, that's how they treated it, especially since I'm like seeing all the terms that even like the CDC used at the time which was at one point they called it a gay cancer yeah what the fuck and and that was allegedly who was targeted and that's why you know when magic johnson came out and announced that he had you know found out that he had aids during a physical before the 19 i think it was 97 or 98 season it was like a a ridiculously big deal because there was still that stigma of it being a quote-unquote gay disease but if you go back to when allegedly it first came to the United States and all of these stories that came out with, oh, well, you know, I found a doctor. He says he has a cure. It's not a chemical cure. And 
the reason why I've spoken about it so many times is I have a friend who like really believes in like herbal remedies and, and not taking prescriptions and stuff like that. So we've had that conversation and I just like to push because I think, you know, you have to question everything. But if you look at the timeline when AIDS was really not, not running rampant yet, but it was kind of popping up here and there on the map, that's the same time frame when the U.S. decided to cut off all diplomatic relations with Cuba the place that allegedly had the cure. Yeah. And here we are, however many years later, I can't do math in my head. Magic Johnson is still alive and as healthy as we can see, at least. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but there are a lot more cases now that the U.S. has... And again, I mean, this is online research, like we were saying earlier about internet PhDs, but there are a lot more cases that have been, quote-unquote, cured of AIDS since the embargo on Cuba has been lifted. So you want to talk about suppression on patents? I think that the medical industry has one of the largest amounts of potential suppression, maybe even larger than green. Oh yeah, for sure. One of the biggest things that people always point to is, well, why would the government want suppression in that area when it kind of affects them as well? Well, if you have a longer living population, that affects your economy more because then you are losing money trying to pay for these people who are living like through their senior years. You got people living like through things like cancer, then you have, you have less mortality rates, which means you have a higher population to feed and to have jobs and things like that. So you need this to all sounds horrible. It is. It is terrible. <laughs> it, it I mean, does, it's, it is. But yeah. you, do, you have to think too, like think about, and I mean, hopefully this doesn't come off across terribly disrespectful but think about the quality of living in places like india or in asia and stuff where their population is just like ridiculously high as far as the amount of area that they have to live but i have several co-workers that came to the u.s from india and you know we were just talking about like the difference in in money and she would be absolutely rich if she moved back home but the quality of living and having to deal with being surrounded by so many people and just all of their resources being so limited, she would rather continue to work here doing the job that she's been doing for 37 years, not even thinking about retirement. One, because she's a busybody, but two, because she has to keep up with this quality of life. Yeah. And I mean, so like to go, to go further into this too, to move into like the cancer type of thing, this is one that's still extremely, extremely conspiratorial and extremely controversial. So John Kanzius is a man who developed what he claimed was a cure, was a, almost a cure-all for cancer, like could cure pretty much anything. Essentially what he was using were radio waves to target tumors and cancer cells, and that would heat them up, but in a specific way that made that only affected them. Now, he asked for approval from the FDA. He ran multiple trials that kept denying him. And then he asked for approval from the FDA. They, he asked for them to come look at it. And shortly after he asked them to come look at it, in around 2008, 2009-ish, he died. And weirdly enough, he was stated to have died from, uh, from leukemia due to complications with pneumonia, which is odd. So this is a man who had a cure-all for cancer who died from leukemia, which a lot of people found very strange. Now his patents are now owned by a different company and in 2019, they tried to get FDA approval and nothing has come of it since. 
they, from what I understand, the FDA did look at it, but I could not find any report on what the FDA decided to do. So that is a little weird because this is something that's publicly out there that could work and that supposedly trials have shown benefits to this and it's not radioactive. So yeah. if this can help, this is a much better way to handle this. Mm -hmm. But even if it's not a cure-all, if it does the same thing that radiation treatments do, it is extremely helpful in terms of like overall survivability of something like this and just like how things affect your body. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's pretty shitty to say, I feel like we've definitely like we're on, on the darker side of this conversation now, but as shitty as it is to say, cause I think damn near everybody's had their life affected by cancer in, in one form or another cancer is at least a multi-million if not a billion dollar industry yeah and profiting oh, yeah. off of other people's sickness is is disgusting and vile but you know we've said it earlier in the episode money is always the bottom line you know look at epipens and and the lawsuits that they were going through and everything else that's just been so ridiculous insulin Insulin. I forgot about that. Yeah, Holy let's, shit. Let's not even insulin. Yeah, mention the fact that the patents for insulin were specifically released to the public so that nobody would have to pay too much for insulin when it was first created. And now you pay $300 for a bottle of insulin. now they've cornered that market anyway. Damn. Yeah. I which about is that one. ridiculous. Yeah. And this is, that is, a lot of this stuff actually has to do mainly with like the U.S. The U.S. specifically has issues with this, the insulin and diabetes thing. Like I know so many people that are affected by that it's something that you see consistently. And again, it comes down to like citizen suppression. And that's where the conspiracy is, is like, why does that have to be the way it is when we can see that that's, that there are other options. Mm -hmm. So it, it boils down to citizen suppression and money. And like going back to John Kansius, it is odd that a man who developed a almost cure all. So he claims uh, maybe it didn't work. And maybe that's why he died of leukemia with complications from pneumonia. But it just is weird. It's, it's a weird irony to die from something that you have a cure-all from. But let's move. Uh, that was a lot of dark topics. I'm sorry. We usually don't go dark. Uh, as dark. Usually. Fucking aliens. Let's go into aliens. Let's, let's jump back to a, different, to a different point. Yeah. And where the fuck is the reptilian pope? That's a good question. Where Stop is enabling pope? him. <laughs> aliens. Allie, give us some aliens. Tell, tell us about some aliens. aliens. Put them in a jar, Fucking hand them to me. I want to look at them. So, moving on to technology that we don't know for sure uh, is being suppressed. There's the whole idea, obviously, that we have alien technology, be that weapons or ships or pieces of ships or whatever. We have that, and we have been using that for our own good and... We have not been telling anybody about it. Um, right. Going back to the stealth bombers, for instance. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, that was the thing at the very beginning of this episode. Yeah. There is the idea that, you know, we weren't telling people about the stealth bombers because they were fitted with alien technology. Now, some people also equate this to the free energy thing we were just talking about with Tesla, except it didn't come from Tesla, or maybe it did, but aliens gave it to him, or aliens gave it to us. So basically, aliens have given us the way to make free energy that would lead to perpetual motion machines and cold fusion generators. So no human was actually coming up with that. It's all aliens. Um, they would be able to, or we would actually be able to power things from something called quantum vacuum zero-point energy. 
I did not delve enough into this to know what the fuck that is. However, a video I watched did show me, um, have you seen The Incredibles? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who so you remember seen the Incredibles? So you remember the villain? That's the he's the kid that grows up, right? I forget what his name is. He's got the hair. Conan O'Brien. Basically. <laughs> okay. You know who I'm talking about, right? But yeah. He's got the gloves that he can like pick people up with. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. Is he's harnessed um, zero point energy? He says that. Um, so I guess that's what that is. <laughs> well, that's better than any other description that you could have given me. Yes. There's there's a visual in your brain now. Yeah. Um, and allegedly, along with everything else we've talked about, anybody who's been involved with or tries to harness this alien tech has allegedly been killed or silenced in some other way, obviously, which is why we don't know anything about it. Others claim that they're using this technology uh, to make electromagnetic weapons and that it's not coming out because the United States are terrified of anybody else getting their hands on it. I don't know. It's, it's like uh, Teddy Roosevelt said, like, you know, carry a big stick. The U.S. would never not take an opportunity to show off that it has a big stick. Yeah. You know, I know that I, I actually like that quote a lot, but however, I don't find it to be true since multiple times now they have hidden that big stick because usually because they do something at someone else's expense and they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have sprayed San Francisco with that dangerous chemical. Uh <laughs> Oh, maybe we shouldn't have released those mosquitoes to see how quickly an infection can I spread. Knew, I knew he was going to bring up the mosquito. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. I was waiting for it, and if you didn't say it, I was going to be shocked and interrupt. Listen, you don't just release mosquitoes into a I know. neighborhood. I like, know. What the it's fuck? Up. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, my like, question. My question is always. When they finally admit they did it, what repercussions do they face? None. Absolutely none! <laughs> um, Fucking done! So I aliens. Hate the government. Aliens. Jesus. Keep, keep your head on. Let's go. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I, got, I got real worked up. I'm sorry. So let's, let's narrow this down even further because alien technology is a little vague. Um, So one of the main things that we supposedly have harnessed um, and understood and studied from uh, alien, I don't know, like I just keep saying aliens, but it's it's pretty vague as to like how we got this this alien technology, is anti-gravity, which is a big thing that we don't know how to do, at least on this planet. Because we should at this point have hoverboards and hover cars, right? I mean, actual, movies have been telling us. Hover. Yeah, not two-wheeled boards that no. hover over the ground. No, hover anti-gravity boards, yeah. anti-gravity cars, right. okay? So the idea in some cases is that we actually gathered all of this studyable technology from the Roswell incident. And that's where we initially gathered all of our alien parts or whatever. And... Since then, we have been able to recreate flying saucers. So one thing that said specifically since the 1970s, however, I'm not really sure how reliable this timeline is. There is another thing called the flux liner that the government has been allegedly building based off of some other alien technologies that we've found it kind of just looks like a real thick UFO flying saucer type thing. It kind of looks like if you took 
Tony Stark's arc reactor and put it face down. So there's a visual for you. It will also be in the newsletter. Um, basically, they have harnessed anti-gravity and zero-point energy, and they have been able to recreate flying saucers that we have for our, our not use, apparently, in the U.S. government. So as with most of these alien conspiracies, uh, there are people who claim to have been directly involved, uh, directly know about, told about, or even worked with these alien technologies. Um, speaking of the flux liner, the guy who made this super popular in uh, UFO groups is this guy called Mark McCandlish. Um, he's the one who drew that picture of it because he actually was drawing comics, I think at some point, like science fiction comics. And then he started working in aerospace engineering and then he started working with the government. And then apparently he was the one who started working with them when they're trying to put together the flux liner. So he drew like the blueprints for it as they were kind of figuring it out. And is there any documentation of this or is this just what he claims? Uh, there's this very nice picture that he drew. I like that it's, it's like a it's like a lava cake with an ice cream scoop on top. <laughs> Angel, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> he he claims that these are his schematics that he drew, and he does that thing where he's like, "Yeah, it's obviously real because I can remember the exact setup of how this works, and I'm going to say a bunch of science words that sound like this is how anti gravity works." I hate when people do that. So. It's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like the equivalent of like people on social media today. Like they just have to pretend like they were involved in the hatching of these ideas and then present them as their own. When in reality, you just click the share button. Yeah, that's what's funny with me or funny to me about this one is he's just the guy that like drew the pictures. Yeah. He's not even the one that like was doing anything other than listening to descriptions of like part sizes and whatever and was drawing it. So there's also this guy named Bob Lazar, who is a little different than just this asshole who's like, I drew the pictures. Um, this guy worked at S4. We watched a documentary on him actually a while ago. Um, what so I like about this Bob guy- Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. What I like about this guy is that he seems more credible than most of these like crackpot people that are like, I worked there. Um, because he's just like, like him. <laughs> he he just he's like an average dude who like really comes off as somebody who like is tired of trying to convince people that this is real. Like he doesn't really care. Like he knows he's telling the truth kind of deal. Um, there is a lot of weird, like what was that one thing where he claims to have degrees in this kind of thing, like engineering. And people were like, there's no record of you having these degrees or ever going to MIT. But if you look in like one MIT school newspaper, he is in it. Yeah, so he claims to have worked for, I can't remember which college it was. It might have been MIT. It was MIT. But he claimed to have worked for the college and they said, we don't have any record of him. And he never actually worked here and he is lying. And it didn't help because all of his other claims are with working with the government, which is easy to get rid of any information that you worked for the government. So whether or not he worked at S4, Area 51, whatever, uh, who knows. But what we do have is a college who expressly denied 
that they had anything to do with him. He never worked there. He never even went to school there is what they claim. They deleted all records of him. The only reason we know that they actually deleted records of him was because his name was in a phone book for the school at the time. So they forgot to delete one paper trail record. So as it turns out, they were lying and he wasn't. And because of this, a lot of his claims start to sound a lot more legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is an interesting documentary, Bob Lazar, Area 51. Uh, I do recommend watching it, but yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he is one of the ones that claims to have actually worked on said like recreations of flying saucers and whatever, but you know, you'll never know. He, he claims too that he, one thing I do appreciate about his stories, he's not one of those that's like, I saw the aliens and stuff like that. He's, he specifically says, we as scientists were not allowed to talk to them or be around them. We didn't even know whether or not they were actually real. We were just handed technology and we were told to basically rework it backwards. So like figure out reverse how it engineer. works. Yeah, reverse engineer. Thank you. Yeah. So, so he was told to reverse engineer it and he claims that he did get a glimpse of something, but he cannot be sure what it was. He saw it through a small window when he walked by a door one time when they let him through an area he usually was not allowed in. So that's as far as his statements go. He's not that typical, like I worked in area 51 and I saw a bunch of aliens. I shook hands with one. I played bingo with another. Like he's not one of those. He's one of the, he's just someone who's like, I worked as a scientist. He still does by the way. And he still works in like, kind of like revolutionary engineering where he tries to create more and more technology, kind of like a Nikola Tesla type of thing. Yeah. So the point in bringing these people up is that they are supposed proof that the government is suppressing alien technology that we could be using for the betterment of society or the betterment of weapons, depending on who you are. Yeah. But that that's like everything that we have in our list. This is not everything that we can find. Like usual, there's tons of other stuff, but let's, so let's just talk about it. Like, I mean, I guess the easiest way is like, Angel, what do you think about all that? <laughs> Start <laughs> um, us off. So technology suppression is real. Yeah. There is not anything really to debunk there, I guess. Um, it's definitely happened. Uh, if, if you're listening, FBI agent who's watching me through my webcam currently, I want my upgraded solar panels. Thank you very much. Um, so no, t- uh, technology suppression is real. I do think that it's a big factor in the green energy industry. I do think it's an enormous factor and probably one of the most important as far as the medical industry and big pharma, not just big pharma, but also just technology and hospitals in general. And, mm-hmm. and I think it affects the healthcare industry because healthcare is something that should be affordable um and you're gonna have people who argue free not free whatever that's besides the point it should be affordable yeah for everybody it should at least be out there too in reality like yeah the things that we think they might have access to yeah and i i mean i think that it hits a lot more areas than people realize because you go to the store and you buy milk and then you bring it home and you don't really see like all of the technology that goes behind milking those cows. Is it humane? Is it unhumane? Pasteurization, what does that actually do for you? Stuff like that. So I think that it permeates a lot more industries than we're privy to. Um, aliens, absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the government 
got its hands on some sort of foreign technology and were trying to reverse engineer it and then kept it away from everybody because they wanted to use it to their advantage. And maybe they still have more. Maybe some of that stuff is outdated now. Um, I don't think I really have an argument against any of that, but I do think that it is a 100% supremely blame placed on the government. I think it's a lot of it is... Again, like it's citizen suppression, technology suppression. I think that more what this boils down to, though, and what the conspiracy kind of becomes is information suppression overall. Yes. And I think that's a lot of what we kind of figured out. Yeah. Whether or not it's malicious intent, I think that's where the conspiracy really, really kind of plays with like the deaths of certain people involved in this and like what exactly they've hidden from us for certain things. Like, I mean, just as an example, like if you are legitimately hiring like a cure for AIDS and cancer because of like mortality rates and trying to fix your economy, things like that, that's malicious. It's extremely malicious. Uh, I mean, if you're not actually hiding that, but instead you're just hiding things like drones and stealth bombers, it's not as malicious. Uh, it's kind of cool that we have drones now. That would have been nice to have, you know, a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, especially since the public doesn't really use them to bomb other people like the government does, use them for more fun things like taking photos from above. But I do think there's, I mean, technology suppression is the thing that absolutely exists. And I honestly don't think the government's going to be like, no, we don't hide things from you in that respect. Like they're, that's, I mean, they do. They do for a lot of reasons. It's proprietary knowledge. I mean, it's just like, it's something that you own as the government. You're not going to release until you're ready to release it or until it just becomes something you don't need anymore. Again, like when, when did the public actually get things like submarines, for instance, too, like in terms of like commercial access to those types of things? It's absolutely a thing. Do I think it's malicious? Sometimes, but not always. What's yeah, your take I on the aliens? On the aliens? I mean, my take on the aliens is whether or not aliens have like come here or not is a whole nother discussion, but like whether or not the government would secretly keep knowledge of aliens and keep their technology. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think any hand, I think any information government could get on something outside of this world that was so like mind blowing like that, they would keep to themselves for a very long time. I look back to like one of my favorite things that's going on right now is this battle over Venus that Russia is currently controlling because one thing that one thing that happened recently is scientists were they were theorizing how life could survive on Venus and they came to a conclusion that they actually think there's a possibility that life might actually be on Venus and that we just need to go investigate the right thing which are the clouds over Venus so in fact we've been staring life in the face the whole time but it's something that's going to be smaller, microscopic. We're not talking about fish flying around Venus. But the moment they came out with that, the moment scientists came out with a peer-reviewed article talking about that, Russia released a statement that said Venus is Russian immediately. And no one has sent more crashed drones into Venus than Russia has. They consistently send them there, and they have for a long time, and they... It's, there's always been a question about whether or not they release all of the pictures they get or all of the information they get. So I think things like that, like when you are sitting on things that are so important to the world, you're going to keep that to yourself. Yeah. And I, I do, not to prevent Ali from giving hers, but I do think you made an extremely valid point when you said it really comes down to just information suppression. Yeah. People without, information is power. Yeah. And, yep. You know, whether it's over your own citizens or over another country 
no government entity is ever going to give up more than they absolutely have to. Allie, send us out. I mean, I really don't have more, much more to add. Um, I mean, like you said, I think it all comes down to, like, as far as the conspiracy goes, is whether or not they're trying to be shitty people doing this, like, the medical industry and things that, like, affect the way people live. So, as far as aliens, the only thing that I have to debunk that is a lot of things are like, we've had the technology since Roswell, but since we did the Roswell episode, I'm like, I don't know, I'm kind of thinking that Roswell wasn't a real alien event. I don't think aluminum foil came from aliens. I'm just going to say <laughs> yeah. that outright. Uh-oh. So, yeah. like, after doing that one, I'm kind of like, uh, probably not. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's all I've got, really. Is it's is the Roswell thing kind of kills me with that, but I mean, like you said, Cameron, it, it would definitely be suppressed if if we did have it yeah i mean i I don't really don't have more to add well then that leaves it open for anyone listening to let us know what they think uh do you think that the government is just treating us all like children and they're hiding those aliens like candy in a secret compartment that only they can access because you don't want your kids getting to the candy i think it's a good way to look at it uh, but let us know what you think. Do, do you think that the government's suppressing technology? Uh, do you think that they're doing it with malicious intent? Do you think they're suppressing alien technology? Do you think they're suppressing aliens? Do you think... Australians like to drink. There you go. Do you think Australians like to drink? Is Angel secretly a government plant on this podcast? Which is why he's so hateful towards the government. Let us know all of your ideas, what you think. Let us know if you think that there's something we should do, especially if there's something that you think Angel should do because he really hates the government. There's something we haven't stumbled on yet. Uh, follow us on social medias. We got all of them. Uh, maybe not a Tinder account. Maybe we'll get one. Burb is pretty <laughs> adorable. He is pretty adorable. Anyway, thank you so maybe, much for listening. Uh, maybe I'll do a conspiracy what Twitter takeover and people can just at me for all of their questions and I will supply my answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be, yeah, let us know if you want that to happen. Do a live Twitter question with Angel. Tweet at ConspiracyWhat and I will use your new Instagram account to do a live answering those questions. There we go. And maybe he'll go check out the light bulb in the fire station if it's still around. Maybe, maybe I will. The hundred and some uh, year light bulb that's still been burning. If it's still going, it's 120 years old. So that is just barely younger than the queen. Uh, anyway, let's get out of here. I, if, <laughs> if you like the show, we have a lot of other episodes. Uh, we talk about mysteries, we talk about conspiracies. We almost always make fun of something. Sometimes we get a little dark. We also have a yes. newsletter that comes out we have every a newsletter, week. Yes, and we have a Goodreads if you would like to read any of the books that are related to this. Um, I did not find any that were related to this specific one, but I'm sure they're there out there. There is the uh, book by Eugene. Okay, so I will put those books on by the people we talked about. So keep an eye out for that if you like to read. Hey, for all of the other hosts at Conspiracy, what? Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Cameron. I'm Allie. And I'm Angel. Cool. Uh, remember to always stay stitious and keep your secret technology to yourself. Fuck your reality. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>